Handle on the News. Handle on the News! Yeah, Handle, you jerk. And now, here's Bill Handle. Every time I hear one of those promos, I just sit back and go, I couldn't agree more. I never get phone calls anymore, uh, messages, because no one knows what my extension is. I don't, I just, I don't exist in this building, as far as anybody calling in. And by someone, someone got through today, and uh, I usually just delete, 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 but I listened for the first five seconds, and it was a Hispanic-sounding guy who said yesterday we were talking about English, the official language of the United States, which I never have, because English happens to be, we don't have an official language. In the United States, unlike France, that has an official language. Unlike Canada, which has two official languages, French and English. And so he said, English is not even an official language here. Spanish is the official language. And I'm thinking, you know what? You're right. Spanish uh, certainly was here before. And more and more people are speaking Spanish. Uh, So I think uh, what people ought to do is decide they're going to take the state bar for lawyers in Spanish, medical boards in Spanish, CPA exam in Spanish. That isn't going to work, is it? You are such a stupid. Precisely. Okay. Anyway, uh, good morning. Uh, first, we start with uh, Jennifer Jones Lee. You know, I, I know. always do the same uh, same order. You know why? Uh, it's not a food chain issue. It is more of a right to left. Yeah. Right. So I just want everybody to know. But uh, let's let's do a food chain issue. Oh no. Okay. Let's uh, not. Oh no. Let's. All right, Jennifer and Wayne, flip of a coin. All right? I go with Wayne. Uh, well, it's flip of a coin. Alex, probably below that. Ramirez, Ramirez on the food chain, on the mammal chain, is a protozoan. I'll take what I can get. And you, of course, are the apex predator. Oh yeah, I'm probably the I'm probably the 800 pound gorilla here. That's fair to say. But then anybody sitting in this seat would be. So it doesn't matter. You guys ready to do it? Let's do it. Let's do it. Handle on the news. Jennifer Jones, Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me. Lead story. The uh, Dodd Frank Act is being undotted and unfranked. And these are regulations that were put into place uh, subsequent to uh, the financial debacle of 2008 because a lot of that was was the bank's fault. The banks were loaning money to people that had no business borrowing money, and it was a house of cards. And the banks were just as culpable. Well, now, so very strict rules went into place. And the bankers and a lot of business people were arguing, well, I'm going to talk more about this coming up at, uh, what time are we going to do this? Uh, Eight o'clock. Yeah, Yeah, there's a whole world to this. But uh, the bottom line is the very heavy restrictions, which a lot of people wanted, uh, subsequent to uh, the Great Recession, that's being pulled back. uh, Well, because there's a lot of red tape, people went went too far. Uh, And I have a great story that I want to share at eight o'clock. Uh, a story uh, dealing directly with this, and uh, this was a phone call I got from on Handle on the Law, and it is a lot of fun, and I'll do that at 8 o'clock. Tease, tease, tease. <laughs> well, President yeah. Trump now says there is a substantial chance that whole summit with North Korean, uh, with Kim Jong-un, might not work out for June. And I think it won't be a Jong Jong time. 
Though Trump hounds Kim with missiles he will find Or not the dust that that kid has at home Well, there goes the Nobel Peace Prize. So the only thing that's left is the Nobel Prize for being an a-hole. That one he is still a leading contender for. Who? Trump Trump, or Kim Jong-un? Both. Either one. Insert name here. And it's... uh, Here is the problem. I think, and a lot of people think, this has to do with John Bolton and his statement about the Libyan model. Libyan model being, and of course, uh, President Trump mixed the, the two up. Libyan model being uh, the, there's two instances in, in uh, Libya. When it gave up its nuclear weapons, this is how it all ties together. Libya gave up its nu- nu- nuclear weapons because of the sanctions that the United States placed on Libya. Just hard, hard sanctions. And Muammar Gaddafi caved, gave up his nukes because he wanted to join the world, the community right. of nations. right. Because he was in a lot of trouble. You remember uh, the Pan Am plane that went down? It was attributed to uh, Libya over Scotland. And so uh, he was uh, actually not only a a defender and a proponent of uh, terrorism at that time, he actually gave money and and Libyan agents were involved. So anyway, he gives all that up and uh, for uh, giving up the uh, nuclear weapons. Uh, What is it? Eight years later? is when the spring uh, Arab Spring happens and uh, Omar Gaddafi is killed. And the press, it had nothing to do with the United States other than we were sort of in favor of the Arab Spring. It's not as if we gave huge arms to uh, the uh, revolutionaries or the opponents of uh, the regimes. Uh, and we, quote, uh, decimated. Well, the only decimation of Libya was by its own people. We didn't go in. I mean, there was one attack, I think. Ronald Reagan uh, did an attack on the tent where Muammar Gaddafi's adopted daughter theoretically died, although that's never been proven. And uh, you don't screw with Ronald Reagan, by the way. Ronald Reagan is a guy that the whole world understood. This guy is serious, unlike Jimmy Carter, who was uh, just a clown. And so anyway, it's a little bit complex here. Uh, in any case, he mixed up and he said we decimated uh, the, Libya. We didn't. It was the area of spring that did, and they tied the two together, totally mixing up the two. That's the Libyan model. And Bolton came down so hard against North Korea uh, that Kim Jong-un said, forget it. You know, we're, I'm pulling out of this thing. Because so, Kim Jong-un is connecting the dots this way. Libyan model equals me, Kim Jong-un, dragged through the streets by my shot. own people and killed. Right. And uh, a regime change. Boy, was there a regime, cha- uh, regime change, which was not the United States that did it. Right. Uh, so the whole thing is mixed up. Bolton talks about the model. Of course, Donald Trump immediately jumps in on the model, even though he doesn't know where Libya is or what Libyans are about. And uh, But that's, hey, I don't think I'm exaggerating uh, very much. You give Donald Trump a geography test and you tell me how well he would do. Okay, let's take a break. We'll come back. Uh, also, your chance to win $1,000. This is KFI. Let's jump in. Wednesday, May 23rd, hump day. Here's your chance to win some money. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword money to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's money to 200-200. If you win, they'll call you from a number you don't recognize. Answer it or you're out of luck. Angela in San Clemente did, and she won $1,000. 
Your next chance to win is next hour. You have a chance to win Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. to 7 p.m. All right, back we go. More handle on the news. Jennifer Jones-Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me. And uh, Michael Cohen's business partner, the Taxi King, has pleaded guilty and is going to cooperate. Cohen, me, Cohen, you. Yep. He has officially gone from defendant to canary. (laughs) He got a sweet deal. Oh, God. Really sweet. Yeah. Uh, He did. He got probation, no jail time. He's looking at 25 years in jail for all of uh, his misdeeds. And uh, this has to do with uh, the medallions that you own in uh, San Francisco. I mean, in uh, New York. Those medallions can be worth a quarter million dollars. Oh, they're worth a fortune. At one point, I think they were a million dollars, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, there are a certain limit. I don't think they have any more. You have to buy the medallions because the number of taxis, that's it. You're done for New York. And so he owned, Cohen owned a bunch of medallions and uh, invested in them. So uh, the uh, partner, Friedman, uh, is uh, flipped. He is flipped. Two things are going on. And that is the, uh, it clearly, uh, this is trying to get to the president. There's no question about it. When the White House is saying all of this is simply, it has really nothing to do with anything other than going against uh, the president. Couldn't believe it more. He's absolutely right. They are going after the president. And there's an issue about that. Is it really an investigation? It is, but they want to nail the president. Uh, And the other one uh, is uh, that how close now is Michael Cohen to flipping? Because if his partner flips and is going to start talking about Cohen, because the two of them were partners, and uh, Friedman is now getting nailed for, uh, uh, for I guess, felonies, right? He's pled guilty to a bunch of felonies. Uh, then when Cohen it gets indicted, big time, what happens with him? Does he go down? The president has said he'll go down. The president said Cohen will never flip. We'll see. Well, it wouldn't even be a discussion involved. of whether Cohen would flip if there was nothing to flip about. I mean, would, and I'm not saying that means Trump is somehow admitting something, but wouldn't it be better for public consumption to say, there is no flipping, there's nothing for him to flip right. about, I haven't done anything. So he says, of course I'll flip. I'll cooperate. However, uh, from don't what we hear, is. he's not cooperating. He's not answering questions. And if there were no questions to answer, I would answer no questions. Or I would answer questions that had absolutely nothing to do with anything I've been doing. Sure, I'll answer all your questions. Well, the president says they're trying to nail him now. And he said they were trying to nail him before he got into office. A lot of people are saying they had spies in my campaign. Oh, yeah. For political purposes. Now, this is another one that's fascinating. So the FBI plants informants or spies into the Trump campaign. Trump, the Trump people are saying this is simply to undo his presidency or his campaign. Therefore, it's spying. And it's the worst scandal in the history of the United States. Everything is the worst scandal uh, dealing with him. It's either the best or the worst or the most extraordinary or the biggest, uh, whatever it is. And the argument is that they did it for political purposes. If they were doing it because there was evidence that members of the campaign were colluding with Russia, then it's totally legitimate as part of the investigation for the FBI to put uh, informants in there. Uh, Was it I heard the other night? Oh, Bill Maher was uh, saying uh, that uh, 
uh, it was a show that I was watching uh, at real time or whatever the hell they call it with Bill Maher. And he said the FBI putting informants or putting people into various organizations where there is either evidence or fear that something wrong was going on. Isn't that what they do? Isn't that their job to do that? Do they typically do that in political campaigns? If there is evidence or there is an allegation with some evidence behind it, some corroboration that illegality was happening, sure they would. Now, if it's for political purposes to derail the candidacy, uh, then it's a problem. And that's what uh, the White House is saying. It was only for political purposes. Now, a couple, this is New York Post uh, New York, I mean, Washington Post, New York Times has been releasing this story. They've been all over it. What are you not hearing in those stories? That it's fake news. This is real news. I hadn't thought about that. And now some uh, House conservatives want a special counsel to investigate the special counsel. Which they tried earlier this year. I yeah, know they wanted a, a, a another special counsel in session. So nah, we're gonna we're gonna get John Huber, the U.S. Attorney from Utah. He's gonna work with the Inspector right. General. No, no second special counsel. Now some House Republicans have signed a twelve-page resolution yeah, calling for is, another special counsel. And then the Democrats are gonna come back with they want a special counsel to investigate the special counsel that's investigating uh, Mueller. So we just keep on going and going. I now just, does does. Does this become a round robin where, I hope so. where Mueller eventually gets appointed again to investigate the special counsel who's investigating the special yeah. counsel who's investigating him? Uh, well, what's going to end? Yes, I think it's going to be crazy. I think what's going to happen, there's a compromise, and it may already be in place, or at least they're close to it, where it's going to be simply part of the, um, uh, the, uh, the IG, the inspector general, uh, who is going to, ins- well, he'll do a report and investigate the special counsel. And uh, we'll get a report. And uh, if it's if it's legitimate, if they show Mueller's uh, investigation is legitimate, that's fake news. And if they say there's some problems with the Mueller investigation, then that's real news. Can I just say one more thing before we take the break? If if the FBI planted people in the Trump campaign for political purposes to derail Trump, wouldn't they have released information about Trump? Instead of what they did with which, Hillary, which was release information about Hillary. Yeah, the, the, the public behavior does not reflect a no. plot to infiltrate the campaign to bring the campaign down because everything that they fact, did for public consumption was anti-Hillary. Yep. By the way, that wasn't fake news either. All the anti-Hillary stuff was real. All right. We're going to take a break. Uh, come back. Uh, we've got more to do. Uh, this is KFI. Jennifer Jones. KFI AM uh, 640 Handle on a uh, Wednesday. And before we get into uh, the next part of Handle on the News, oh, uh, Wayne and I were talking about humor. We're, and it's. Uh, it, You're it's, not going to. No, 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 okay. no, I'm not, no, I'm not going to give you that. He, well, he was telling me yeah. uh, a joke that he made one time. Right. And. and uh, and I, and I was saying, please not on yeah, the air. And I was saying really quickly that uh, how it worked. And he goes, that's what humor is about is uh, that he, all jokes and humor are something you don't expect. They come in from a different angle. So here's something you're not expecting. 
please donate to the American Red Cross initiative to get prepared California. Hey, haven't heard that one before, have you? For your $400 donation, you and a guest can enjoy cocktails and appetizers. And uh, we actually, we want to hang with you, the KFI hosts and crew, because we have no friends. And you'll have unlimited sky rides also during an exclusive evening at the beautiful OUE Sky Space uh, building in downtown LA. And you have to be 21 years or older because there's alcohol being served. 100% of the proceeds will benefit the American Red Cross. Get prepared California campaign. Get uh, get plastered, drive, and the lawsuit that will ensue when you hit someone goes right to iHeartMedia. Limited tickets uh, for details. Log on to... Okay, I wasn't serious. Stop shaking your head. For details, log on to KFIAM640.com and search the word mixer. I, I, I have to do something different with this uh, every time. I don't know if Understood. that was the right choice, though. Well, okay. I mean, just between us. Yeah, probably. Okay, let's move on. Uh, more handle on the news. Jennifer Jones, Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me. And... Well, it's not for political purposes, but it's a military conspiracy against Venezuela's president, so he says. That's how he stays in power. That's how Chavez got elected and stayed in power, and then Maduro. And it's the reason the economy is collapsing in Venezuela is because of American intervention, is because we are making it happen. It has nothing to do with bad governance. Oh, no. It has nothing to do with... Corruption beyond comprehension has nothing to do with the fact that it is a socialist government where anybody who has money, money is taken and given to the poor people, and it's just spiraling out of control. Inflation is 16,000% a year, something completely crazy. So the intelligentsia, they're all leaving. 5,000 people a day are just literally walking out the door, and uh, it is crazy, but it is all America's fault. And new sanctions have just come in. And uh, here's what the United States can do. The United States does have the power to literally shut the country down. Just shut it down. And that is the sanction against oil. Venezuela is 90% oil revenue. And it, the United States has the ability to make it impossible for oil to be sold, except for the black market. And that is shutting down the financial system by which oil is sold international. It's called SWIFT. And it's a clearinghouse is what it is. Imagine a central bank that clears checks. All money that goes for oil from country to country goes through SWIFT. And the United States has the ability of knocking countries off, just saying you're off the list. We're still the 800-pound gorilla when it comes to that sort of stuff. And uh, that could happen tomorrow afternoon. And if that's the case, the problem is the reason that it's not happening is because of course, uh, the people will all starve. Not that they're not starving anyway, but they will really starve. So it's all about us. Yankees, and look what we're doing. And Maduro just won in a landslide victory, another six-year term, mainly because every other party boycotted. No one showed up except his party. So the Trump administration calls it a sham. The whole world calls it a sham. And all of a sudden, Maduro goes, okay, fine, I'm going to expel the top U.S. diplomat Yeah, then. a couple of them leave. Yeah, big deal. I mean... Yeah, big deal. All right. An 11-year-old girl died uh, after an asthma oh. attack, and the family says it was because of a tragedy of errors when they called 911, and they filed a complaint against uh, the county. Apparently, uh, 11-year-old Ashley Flores was having this massive asthma attack. Her sister calls 911 and keeps getting misdirected to a fire station 
instead of fire dispatch. And nobody's answering the phone at the fire station. They try five times. It took over 15 minutes to finally get properly connected. And the family saying that the doctor at the hospital said if they had properly routed her call, she might well have survived. Yeah, that there's a lawsuit. And it is uh, it is god awful. I understand that fire station was empty. Yeah, that they kept rerouting. One of the things about nine one one, it cannot make a mistake like this. Yeah, here it has to be a hundred percent. It's just one of those things. Uh, airline pilots they have they have to be at a hundred percent. Otherwise, uh, it you know all hell breaks loose. All right, let's take a break, and then we're going to go through as many uh, stories as we possibly can because I want to get through a lot of them today. All right, uh, KFI, and there is Jennifer Jones. Songs from Jennifer Jones. Lee's oh yeah! Graduation By the way, that's right. Today is uh, Jennifer Jones uh, Lee. She is uh, our uh, high school graduation girl today. Uh, what year? Ninety-three. Ninety-three. These are songs from her year. And uh, tomorrow is uh, that's right. Alex and John together uh, because between the two of them. They have one high school diploma. <laughs> oh, that's not true. Oh, it's like with those um, friendship uh, lockets that yes. fit together. <laughs> yes. And then on Friday, it is moi, uh, my high school graduation. Although I don't remember any of the songs. I was too stoned uh, in uh, high school. Well, look at this. It'll be all new for you. It certainly will. All right. Uh, let's do it. Let's finish up as quickly as we can. Handle on the news with Jennifer Jones, Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me. A 16-year-old from Lake Arrowhead was arrested after allegedly threatening to kill a teacher. That's right. Okay, next story. Uh, 911 call San Bernardino County. A guy says, listen, I'm on the phone with this woman, and she's with a guy, and the guy's threatening her. I'm really worried something's going to happen. The... Sheriff's deputies respond. They see the perpetrator shoot this woman who later dies. Uh, He runs away. They get into a little firefight, and the deputies shoot the guy dead. That's right. Next story. Well, the homeless in Orange County are being moved out of a motel in Anaheim. Excellent. Well done. Uh, And uh, these are the people from the Santa Ana Riverbed. And so now those vouchers are now running out. And where do they put them? I will tell you where they're going to put them. They're going to put a homeless camp on the Santa Ana Riverbed because that's the only place anywhere in Orange County they can put them without this thing exploding on them. And uh, closer to home here in L.A. County, even though there were massive protests booing and yelling at a city council meeting, Uh, They voted to move forward with a plan to put a homeless shelter in a parking lot in Koreatown. And uh, the Korean Americans in Koreatown think it's a wonderful idea. Mm, That is the opposite of what they think about it. Uh, Yes, exactly. So get ready for the lawsuits on that plan. Oh, yes. Oh, speaking of lawsuits, now you've got 200 professors at USC that have signed a letter asking the university's president to resign. 
I have no idea how the president can stay in his position. It's not just they discovered uh, this gynecologist uh, now having done something wrong. He's been doing it for 30 years. And there have been complaints for 20 years of which the university did nothing. And they let him retire very discreetly last yeah. year, still did nothing about it. And then even the, the USC president even had the, the gall earlier this week. He released some statement about, gosh, we have as many questions as you do. Now, my, no, you don't. You've known. Well, th- here's the question. And is this is the president of the university who's been asked to resign? What were any of these complaints made during his tenure? And were they hidden by other people so they never got to him? So he really, truly did not know. And that is the question. If he did know, he's gone. If he didn't know, then uh, he should fire. But, if any of those people still right. work there, they should be fired. But I'm not. I don't notice that that's his defense. No, he and is, I, I paraphrased what he said, but it, as you know. Come on, nobody. How how have these people been turning in complaints for 20 yeah. years and it never made it up the food chain? Yeah, the Board of Trustees, incidentally, uh, of uh, the university, still backing up uh, the president. A uh, guy from L.A. has been arrested for, among other things, pretending to be a lawyer. Well, I do that every Saturday. But you're technically allowed. Uh yeah, yes. You I, have you have the license. I have a bar number. Yes. I do have it. Well, this guy did not. Jose Morales, 67. He was uh, posing as either a lawyer or sometimes a paralegal, and he worked at a at an immigration uh, legal clinic. So uh, one day a woman comes in and says, look, my husband has one of these U visas, and I, you know, I want to figure out what we can do about it. And he says, uh, you know what? If you have sex with me, I will give you reduced fees. And she says, no. And then he says, oh, yeah, well, maybe I'll have his visa revoked. And she says, I'm calling the Bar Association. And they say, we don't know this guy. Call the police. And she did. Uh, Now, that is uh, a misdemeanor, practicing law without a license. Extortion, though, which is on the table, is a felony. And I'm wondering, is posing as a police officer, is that a felony or is that a misdemeanor? You know what? I don't know in California yeah. where and, it is. And posing as a doctor. Is that a misdemeanor or is that a felony? I hope both are felonies. I, ho- I would hope both that. are felonies, yeah. All right. Then there's this woman who was charged with running a fraudulent immigration service yep. out of her house, I guess, in East L.A. Now there are 19 additional victims yeah. who have come forward. I was born in East L.A. Now, you know, the problem I have with these is it's a double hit. Not only is it illegal and fraud, et cetera, but the people involved are so vulnerable. Yeah. Uh, it's so easy to take advantage of folks who uh, you've got these people who in many cases are illegal and they are. And here, I promise to make you legal. And they'll, I mean, if they're willing to cross the border and risk their lives and someone comes up with the magic potion, love potion number nine, to make them legal, they're going to jump right, right at it. And this is, she should get, Half a death penalty for this. Okay, let's go ahead and uh, we'll take a break. Oh, we got some 14 stories. All right. So the U.S. and North Korea may not happen, that meeting. And I'm going to give Alex some credit on this one because on the board, she says, U.S. no-co meeting may be a no-go. Well done. Pretty good, huh? Yeah. Pretty good. All right, that's coming up. KFI AM 640. KFI handle here. It is a uh, Wednesday, May 23rd. Uh, coming up at 8 o'clock, 
the Dodd-Frank bill uh, is being rolled back. Uh, banking regulations are being pulled back big time. And I want to share with you a phone call uh, that I received on Handle on Law that connects right to it. And it proves my point. Uh, and I'll come, well, it'll be up 8 o'clock. All right. And that's one of the big stories that we are covering. All right. Also, oh, incidentally, all the bumper music today is from Jennifer's high school graduation year, 1993. And uh, tomorrow it will be uh, John and Alex's graduation year together. And on Friday it'll be my graduation and, or my graduation year, and uh, my commencement speech that I do every year. Because I... uh, I'm always uh, moved and gratified when I'm invited to do a commencement speech. And since I never am, I've invited myself to do it on Friday, as I do every year. Okay. Now, the North Korean talks, uh, that is Kim Jong-un's talk with uh, President Trump, scheduled for June 12th, may not happen. Well, probably won't happen on time. But as the president said, it may happen later on, or it may not happen at all. And there are a lot of moving pieces to this. So uh, let's start with the meeting itself. President Trump uh, may have been the only president who could actually pull this off by meeting with Kim Jong-un. No other president would do that because the philosophy was and is to a great extent just meeting with Kim is a win for Kim. Because one of the things that Kim wants is legitimacy. As a power, even as a country, as a leader of a country, the United States has not given it to him. We don't have relations with uh, North Korea. We view it as a rogue country. We call it a regime. It's not a real government or a real, even a real country as far as we're concerned. So with Kim's desire and big time desire to be recognized as a leader of a real country, just sitting down with uh, the president indicates it's a real win for him. Right, And that's the way previous presidents and administrations said that's why we can't sit down with him because it gives him legitimacy. Donald Trump, and I think to his credit, says, hey, we negotiate because it's better off negotiating than not negotiating. And screw this business uh, that somehow we're giving him legitimacy. We have a problem with him and we have to sit down and just deal with it. It's a negotiation. Obviously, I like that. I like that philosophy. And as I said, no other president, I think, could pull that off. Because Donald Trump is not a man of politics. He truly is not a politician. Now, that's both good and bad, and that's a subject for another segment. But he came into the White House as a businessman. And he handles his administration from a businessman's point of view. Now, there's a lot of negatives to that, and that is not accepting reality in the world of politics and realizing that uh, Congress is nothing but politics. But this part, I think, is pretty good. So the sit-down part, I like. So that's a plus in my view of uh, the world of uh, Trump. Now there are more than a few negatives, and that is, so here you have uh Kim Jong-un, he actually does the invitation. He starts with the invitation. And what he does in, and this is quotes in good faith, 
releases the three uh, American Korean prisoners. Now, the fact that he picked them up as pawns and arrested them doesn't take away from the fact that as far as here is what I'm willing to do is release them. You can be cynical about him, but he did. And then stopping all the nuclear testing in uh, this one nuclear test uh, zone, this mountain. And we're hearing uh, that it can't be used anymore anyway. So he's not giving anything up. Well, that's up in the air. We don't know that's true. We don't know it's not true. But he has stopped all testing and he's offered to shut it down in front of international inspectors. And that's what he's doing. And he's stopping all testing of ballistic missiles. And he's saying, look what I'm willing to do in anticipation of our talks. How does the United States respond to that? Number one, the Korean-American military exercises keep on going. As a matter of fact, they went just a couple of weeks ago during the interim time between Kim doing all of his stuff and um, offering to sit down and the actual sit down. Right in the middle of that, the exercises go on. The military exercises, which North Korea has always portrayed as effectively an act of war. This is the declaration of war. The United States says, no, we do this every year, and you knew we were going to do this. The United States could have easily said, we're not going to do it this year or at this time in anticipation of the talks. Good faith. Now, the good faith may all be crap, but it looks like good faith. The United States instead chooses to go ahead and test or do the exercises, the military exercises with uh, South Korea. And by the way, these are not joking uh, exercises either, I think. And Japan is involved half the time. I mean, these are real live fire exercises on a very large scale. And it happens every year. The other uh, aspect of this is John Bolton, who is a national security advisor, who is a super hawk. His position is, you bomb Tehran, that's how we deal with Iran, you bomb Pyongyang, and if you don't bomb them, at least you make it as difficult as you possibly can. You don't give an inch, you don't talk, you play hardball. That's how he certainly looks at Tehran. I mean, he wants a war with Tehran. And this is the National Security Advisor to the President. And he comes out and talks about the Libya model where Muammar Gaddafi was killed. The United States uh, forced the issue. And in fact, it didn't. I mean, he and the president got it all confused. There were two instances of Muammar Gaddafi sort of giving up the ghost. One, he gave up, literally gave up the ghost. He was killed. Uh, but that was uh, eight years after he joined the world of nations by giving up his atomic weapon. The United States had thrown sanctions on him. The United States had bombed a limited bombing attack. And so uh, Gaddafi went from a supporter of terrorism to, okay, we're giving up our weaponry and we want to be part of the world. And then eight years later, the Arab Spring, and he was killed. And Donald Trump said, and we'll, here's the choice. If you don't give up your weaponry, this is to uh, Kim Jong-un, if you don't give up your nuclear weapons and capability, we're going to follow the Libyan model and decimate you. Well, first of all, I got it all confused, as I said. Anyway, uh, between the two instances, uh, the two events. But how is that for the negotiation? We're not going to negotiate about it. 
what we're going to do is say you give up everything and then we start negotiating. And what are we negotiating? Him giving up everything. Wait a minute. How does that work? We'll negotiate it, but we're not going to sit down unless you do what we're telling you to do now. How does that work? It doesn't. All right. So we'll see if it happens at all. Probably won't happen June 12th, although Mike Pompeo, uh, Secretary of State, says he's still very optimistic. Okay, coming up, the United States running out of bombs. We may have no bombs. I'll explain that one and your chance to win $1,000. Okay. Handle here in the morning crew on a Wednesday. And here's your chance to win some money. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword BILLS to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's BILLS to 200-200. If you're the winner, they will call you from a number you don't recognize. You have to answer it or you're out of luck. Leif in Moreno Valley did, and he won $1,000. Your next chance to win is next hour. You have a chance to win Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. to 7 p.m. Now, uh, the United States military, a little controversy here. Not a lot of controversy, just a, a fact that I want to share with you. Keep in mind, we're talking about a $700 billion a year budget. And uh, it's a lot of money. Obviously, the uh, most amount spent anywhere in the world. And amongst the top percentage for a military uh, amongst uh, most nations. I mean, North Korea obviously spends, what, 80% of its uh uh, his total uh, GDP on military. I mean, I'm just coming up with a figure, but they spend an enormous amount. Uh, but when it comes to a percentage of GDP, the United States is pretty high. Uh, we're big on the military uh, because not only is it a question of defending ourselves, but also defending allies. I mean, the rest of the world, uh, the Western world, looks at us as the policemen of the world, which is, uh, I think, one of the reasons that uh, President Trump became president because he said that's enough. Well, let me give you a sidebar story about that that you didn't know, because I certainly didn't until I started looking at this. And that is the U.S. is running out of bombs. That's it. They're running out of bombs. And the Pentagon uh, plans to invest more than $20 billion in munition, read bombs, in its next budget. And why? Well, because we're spending a ton more money on munitions. It's an increasingly intense raids and uh, intense amount. Because why? Well, we don't go anymore. We don't put boots on the ground. What we do is bomb the hell out of every enemy that we have. So when uh, we are part of attacking ISIS, for example, we do it with bombs. In Afghanistan, we do it with bombs which is good as opposed to losing our forces. I mean, I'd rather spend a million, two million dollars worth of munitions than uh, losing a serviceman or woman. So what is going on with this? It's even worse than just we're running out of bombs because of the increase in the numbers. We're not developing any new bombs. The technology has just stopped. We're just not doing, it's expensive to do this. Friend of mine, uh, uh, a physicist, worked at Lawrence Livermore Labs up north, and they have a division that does, does nothing but bomb technology, projectile technology. 
And he did that for 25 years. I remember sitting down with him and saying, you know, there's a moral issue here, isn't there? He goes, no. I don't care how many people we kill. I have to develop new munitions. That's what I do. I said, this is why I love you. This is why you're my hero. And so that is coming to uh, a stop. And they've been using that very, uh, there's just no development. There's no R&D going on or very little. On top of that are the suppliers of these munitions. And we're talking about bits and pieces, the technology, fuses, that sort of thing. In many cases now, it is a single supplier or two, and a bunch of them are leaving the market. And that is a problem, relying on one supplier. First of all, the price, of course, goes through the roof. And even when there is, for example, in the world of fuses, uh, as an example, it's overcapacity. There are too many people producing fuses, which means the price drops, which means they're not interested in developing new technology. So it's a perfect storm. We're simply running out of uh, these bombs, and we're not manufacturing them. And, of course, the sophistication level is so high. And here is a good one for you. In many of cases of munitions, the only companies that they can actually get the bits and pieces that they need are Chinese companies. Whoa. Wait a minute. Do I have that right? Chinese companies producing technology that we use in our bombs that if we go to war are going to be used against China. Now, considering that the Chinese government controls everything in China, you think that's a little problematic? So is there a a takeaway here? I think so. Increase our nuclear weapons capability and just bomb the hell out of everybody. That's all. Just wipe these cities off the map, and then we'll start talking. This is why I'm not in government. This is why I'm behind this microphone and not out there making any decisions. Coming up, Cheapskate University with Clark Howard. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about with Clark. As a matter of fact, uh, ATMs, credit cards, big issues there, and then deal of the week. Always good. KFI AM. Because I'm Clark Howard. I'm parsimonious. Clark Howard. But I'm still a mess. Okay, here we go. KFI handle here. Time for Clark Howard, Cheapskate University. Clark, good morning. Good morning. How's it going? It is going well. Now, I want to get right into this. Now, first of all, uh, we have this whole thing about credit cards and ATMs, uh, and I'll do that if we have time. Okay. Because I'm having more to- uh, more fun with uh, what happened, uh, uh, Clark.com, and this is regarding your daughter's wedding. <laughs> uh, uh, that's uh, Okay, I, I, of the things that yeah. we posted on Clark.com and I've talked about on my radio show in the last, I guess, three, four years, I've gotten more react to my daughter's wedding than anything else because people can't believe that I was cheap even with my own daughter's wedding. All right, so before we get into what you did, I am going to provide everybody with a Clark Howard wedding, okay? This is me impersonating you, Clark, with advice. Okay, first of all, you do the wedding at home. You do not go to a venue at all. 
As far as the food goes, it's either potluck or the leftovers from your local restaurant. As far as the wedding dress goes, the bride-to-be's favorite dress, dyed with Clorox, lots of bleach, so it's white. No rental chairs. It's a stand-up wedding. I mean, people have gone to rock concerts to stand up. No DJ, certainly no band, unless people play an instrument as a hobby. If somebody has played a flute in high school, they then do it for no money. Uh, or you just get the boombox out of the garage and you put that outside. All right? Uh, Elvis impersonator as uh, the priest because they're a lot cheaper. Well, and the rabbi in your case, right? Uh, right. Uh, and uh, what else can I think of? Um, the cake. Oh, God, the cake. Actually, he the, the one I would do, he actually did. The sheet cake from Costco. No, that's not what they did. Oh, well, that's what you would do. Yeah. That's what you suggest. All right. So, Clark, let's go through your... I just did my Clark Howard suggestions. Let's do your Clark, uh, Clark Howard suggestions. All right. So, my daughter, Rebecca, she's 28, and she and her fiancé have as their big goal is they want to buy a home. So what I did was I gave them a check for their wedding and said, if you want to spend more than this on your wedding, it comes out of your pocket. If you spend less, every penny you spend less is yours to use for your down payment on your home. So I never got in this thing with them where, where Rebecca was saying, Dad, I got to do this. I got to do that. And so she did every creative thing she could to save money. She did have a DJ instead of a band, so she spent the money for a DJ. But she bought um, supermarket cakes, and she bought different size round cakes and put them one on top of another. And you look at the picture, it looks just like any other wedding cake. But and, she and saved hundreds oh, and yeah. hundreds of dollars. Oh, yeah. Our wedding cake uh, was, I think, $275, and that was 30 years ago. So they spent almost nothing on their cake by doing all the stack up. And then they went to an art school. And hired a videographer from an art school and paid almost nothing to have their wedding shot. And, you know, there are, there are art schools all over L.A. You can just hire somebody who's studying video and have them shoot it. You can even hire a photographer that way for stills. And flowers came from Costco. And everything they did, like they were going to serve um, hard liquor. They eliminated it and only served beer and wine, which cut the alcohol cost by three quarters. You know, once you stop serving mixed drinks. And they did one thing like that after another after another. My daughter said the big thing was they started with a list on, um, on their phones. They used one of those list programs of everything they wanted to do. And then they ranked them in order. And as money became an issue... They just kept eliminating things. All right. So, how many people showed up at the wedding? I'm going to now talk numbers. So they went from an initial list of 450, and they cut it down to 124. All right. So because they needed to reduce the cost, I get it. And they got married in a public park, Uh, which is fairly cheap. All right. So they did all that. So you ended up with 120 people, right? 124. 124 people. What did the wedding cost? She says she doesn't want me to say, but I will tell you what I gave her, and they still have a, a good amount of money for a down payment. I gave them $30,000. That's a lot of money. What, but the average wedding in the United States is more than that. All right. So, And, you know, everybody's going to assume the average wedding 
The latest number is 33,391. All right, so let me ask this. I know you're not going to tell me, and she doesn't want to tell me, uh, that it came, did it come in at under half? Right about half. Okay. So pretty much I've told you. That is, that is <laughs> see, that's an extraordinarily cheap wedding. I had uh, 275 people at my wedding. And it was $275,000. Uh, I'm still paying it off. Yeah. So It's like a credit card. It's like a student loan. Hey, something else i got to mention is she um, – chose the cheapest night of the week to get married uh, and i had and to do she learned that from her first cousin who got married in malibu on a monday night and it was half price getting married on a monday at the event space that uh my cousin yeah. um my nephew got married at by doing monday instead of any mm. other day of the week I mean, there are all these things that you can do but i've got one other rule don't tell anybody you're hiring for any service that it's for a wedding. Because the second you say wedding, they add a zero to the cost of everything. It goes up a whole another digit. So you have all this information on Clark.com. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and, and that's not just weddings. It's also, uh, I think, bar bat mitzvahs, uh, quinceaneros. And if you happen to have uh, a Jewish uh kid uh married to a catholic you know you have to do a quinceanero bar mitzvah if you have to have one and the other my my brother for example his kids are both catholic and jewish uh, because uh, sarah is catholic and they do a double thing and so they split the difference quinceaneros are 15 bar mitzvahs are 13 so they did it at 14 put it all together and uh they had a mariachi band with blocks and bagels it was very very exciting okay uh we're gonna come back with deal of the week clark howard kfi am 640 jennifer Hey, Clark, can we get a deal of the week? Clark Howard, deal of the week. Uh, we're back. Handle here and uh, the morning crew. Some of the big stories that we're covering uh, is our Spygate. Uh, President Trump says the FBI has been caught in its major spy scandal. Okay, we'll share that more with you. And then... Uh, uh, USC, uh, the call for the president of USC to resign amid the uh, scandal with the gynecologist at uh, at the health center. 30 years uh, he was gynecologicking. That's a verb, by the way, too, gyneco- too gynecological. Right, Clark? That anyway. does sound really like a great use of that word. Thank and, you very much. That, that is an incredibly painful story. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. And we'll share that uh, a little bit later on. We've been covering it all day. So, Clark, uh, it is now time for Deal of the Week, and we are both excited beyond words and jumping oh, out of our it. chair. All right, let's go for all it. Right, this one, I specifically thought of you because you always tell me how you have to stay on these expensive cell phone networks because, because, because. So Verizon has quietly launched a discount service called Visible, and they don't put their fingerprints on it anywhere. You can only order it online. You cannot go to a Verizon store for it. They don't say they have anything to do with Verizon other than they tell you it runs on Verizon's network. Now, here's the punchline. For an individual buying his or her own own service, which is a huge percent of people don't do these family plans, it's $40 a month, unlimited everything. Wow. And so... Uh, no junk fees. It's straight 40 a month. And How about, do they have a family plan? Nope. It's just $40 a month. So this is not for you. You know, you've got like uh, four of you on your plan or whatever. Yes. So you're probably already paying around, I hope, around 160 Oh, <laughs> 
Okay, if you're not, this might work for you. Now, the, the thing is right now, Visible only works with iPhones. They aren't ready for Android, so mm, if you love okay. using an Android, which you don't. No, but, it might, you, but if we're three out of four. Uh, one right. of my daughters is on Android, so that... But it's coming. It's coming. They say they're they're going to launch Android. They're just not ready yet. But you go to BeVisible.com, B-E, BeVisible.com, and you sign up with them, and then they ration people onto the network. So you sign up, and then when they're ready for you, they send you a SIM card. You keep your same service with Verizon. Or if you're somebody else, you can go to this plan with Verizon. But if you called Verizon, they'd say, we don't know what you're talking about. So you have to do this all self-serve at BeVisible.com. Now, it, it's a great deal. Is there an end date for this thing? Nope. Okay. It's just the deal. Alex, calendar this. Uh, I'm serious. The second that it becomes available both for Android and iPhone, uh, I'm on to this thing uh, because it is insane what I pay, $260, $270 a month. For four lines? Yeah. Bill, I know. Next time we're together at I breakfast, I'm going to go over your plans yeah. with you. I'm going to go over all your monthly bills. Oh. And then what I want you to do is 10% of what I save you, I want you to donate to charity. Uh, How about all right. that? I'll do that. I'll okay. do that. Absolutely. And right. uh, yeah, and I'm on contract with uh, uh, with my Verizon. So I've got these two year contracts that go on forever. I'm Nobody's a, on contracts anymore other than you. It's true. But then it's it's a long story, which we don't have time for. All right. I'll so let's more, move on. Let's move on. All right. I'm Woot. embarrassed. Go you, ahead. You and I, uh, maybe once a year, will talk about Woot.com. Yes. Woot has a uh, what they call a Woot off, where they put an item up for sale. As soon as it sells out, they pop another item up. Right now, they're selling Apple iPads, and it just keeps changing. If you go to Woot.com, go all the way across the right, click on Clearance, and you'll see the current Woot off item. They, a little while ago, they were selling Nest thermostats at the best price I've ever seen. And so as soon as the iPads clear out, they'll put another item up. And How much is the iPad? The iPad's $259. And that's, for the, is, that's, that's, the, and that's the newest iPad, right? No, no. This one's, uh, you know, Apple's got a bunch of iPads they can't get sold. So this one's an iPad Air 2 with 64 gigs. And, you know, if that's not something you're interested in, there's very few of those left. Another item is about to pop up. I keep refreshing to see if this one's gone yet. So it is it is a great opportunity all through the day to save money. Woot is actually owned by Amazon, and Amazon uses it a, as a way to clear out merchandise. All right. All right, next item, patio umbrellas are on sale all over the country today. You know, it doesn't matter as much in California because the weather's great all year long. But this is really the kickoff for grills and all that with Memorial Day, holiday weekend. But the umbrellas have become amazingly cheap. A lot of deals, 25 to $29 that we've got links for you at ClarkDeals.com. Now, that's the umbrella, the pole, but not the base, right? Not the base, although Target, Target has a base on sale today for patio umbrellas for 14.99. That is so we cheap. have we have the link for that as well yeah. on our Clark deals. Page. I don't even want to say because when I bought my my patio furniture, I bought it from Verizon. And, uh, <laughs> and it was a 5 year contract. I know contract, it was a yeah, right? for, yes, yes, it was crazy. <laughs> All right, Clark, we are out of time. Oh, this is crazy. So it's Clark.com. 
and ClarkDeals.com. Exactly. All right, all the great stuff. And this is just, and when we talk about uh, here on the show, it's a tiny fraction of uh, what Clark has available on a daily basis. Clark, thank you. And we will talk. We'll go through that, uh, those bills. And yes, 10% does go to charity. Perfect. All right, my friend. Take care. Take care. All right, coming up, uh, let's talk uh, about that Dodd-Frank bill. Uh, what the hell's Dodd and what the hell's Frank? Well, I'll tell you, and, and how important this is to our banking and a story I want to share with you that proves the point of why Dodd-Frank even came into existence. KFI AM 640. KFI Handle here on a Wednesday, May 23rd. Uh, some of the big stories we're covering. Uh, Spygate. That is reference to uh, the, quote, spy, the informant the FBI put into the Trump campaign uh, for the election. And the president says this is a major spy scandal and uh, the biggest scandal in the history of the galaxy. Maybe the entire universe as we know it. Far greater than, I don't know, Watergate. Far greater than the resignation of Richard Nixon. Uh, certainly Bill Clinton. The trial of Andrew Johnson, which he was by one vote kept into uh, the presidency. I think it was Andrew Johnson. Okay. So uh, here's what happened uh, yesterday. This is big. Big news. Uh, the House passed a plan to roll back banking regulations. And uh, is going to be sending it to the president to pass, uh, to uh, uh, to sign, which he will. And what it does is roll back the Dodd-Frank Act. What is the Dodd-Frank Act? Well, after the Great Recession, it turned out, and we all knew this, that the banks were giving away money. There was virtually no regulations. There was almost no oversight. There were no minimum requirements. It was free money. And why were they giving away so much money? Because the government backed them up. And they were making so much money off the money they were loaning. I mean, the fees and the interest rates. I mean, you put it all together and they were making money hand over fist. And to give you an idea of how loose and easy it was to get money uh, before the uh, Dodd-Frank Act, and this is a story I've been promising I'm going to share with you, and I've said it before a couple of times, but I don't know if you've uh, heard it, and if you have, I want to reiterate how important this story is. I received a call on Handle on the Law, and uh, a woman called in, and said that she wanted to sue the bank that gave her money for a piece of property. And she had bought, matter of fact, strangely enough, a Trump property, a condo in uh, a Trump property. I think it was Las Vegas. And how much was it? It was a million dollars. Okay, fair enough. And it was 5% down. So she was approached by a lender. Because they were advertising like crazy. And anybody could get a loan. So there were no requirements. Uh, there was, are you ready for this? In uh, Try doing that today. When you're filling out an application, it was 
stated income. You just put down how much money you owe, uh, how much money you earned, and they never checked up on it. No tax returns, no pay stubs, stated income. I make $180,000 a year. Okay, not a problem. So she ends up buying a million-dollar condo. And it was a 5% down program. And where did she get the 5%? Well, she lived in a home uh, that she had had for 20 years. So she had some equity, small little tiny house, two-bedroom house. And they convinced her, the lending institution convinced her to refi her home. And, of course, they made money just hand over fist on that one alone with the fees, the junk fees, the points she had to pay, et cetera. So she refies her property and takes out $50,000. And then she puts the $50,000 down on the condo. Now, those were the days when home prices were increasing month after month, and people were flipping property and making money after two months. After three months, they were making buckets of money. So she goes ahead, buys the property, Closes escrow, doesn't make the first payment because she can't afford it. She's sitting on a $950,000 more, $950, mortgage that she can't even make the first payment. So, of course, they take the property back. Uh, there is going to be a lawsuit because the property was out of state. California said the rules are a little bit different. And they're going to sue her. And she's going to lose her her first home. So she wanted to call up, and she did call up and say, how do I sue these lenders? Look what they made me do. They defrauded me. They knew I couldn't afford it. And they went ahead and loaned me the money. And I said to her, well, you moron, because I do that a lot. I call people cretinous morons. Uh, was it a stated income loan? Well, yeah, it was. Didn't they have a duty to find out how much money I actually made, even though I lied? I would think they had a duty. You would think they would have a duty because these are investors' money, but the law allowed them to use stated income. And so I don't think you have much of a lawsuit there. And then I asked her, you bought a, a million-dollar piece of property, how much money do you earn to pay off a $950,000 mortgage? $12 an hour. And you went ahead and bought a million-dollar property. And you made 12 bucks an hour. How are you ever going to pay that off? Because, well, actually, I was going to flip it. I was going to sell it before the first payment was due and make money on it. And you think it's the fault of the lender. She goes, yeah, I want to sue them. And I said to her, boy, do you have a case, right? But underlying that story is the fact that the lender should have been sued. Because of that, no checking on income didn't matter. We'll go ahead and loan you the money. Just tell us how much money you earn. Uh, you say you earn $200,000 a year, not a problem, even though we sort of know you don't. We don't care because the rules allow us to act. That is the Dodd-Frank. That's why Dodd-Frank came into being. All right, I want to come back and finish this up and get into uh, a little bit of the weeds here. And uh, it's, it's not that complicated, but I, I want you to know exactly. 
here on a Wednesday. Okay, let's start with your chance to win some money. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword cash to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's cash to 200-200. If you win, they'll call you from a number you don't recognize. Answer it or you're out of luck. Jake in Little Rock answered it, and he won $1,000. Your next chance to win is next hour. You have a chance to win Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. to 7 p.m. All right, uh, big stories that we're covering uh, today. Uh, Michael Cohen, uh, his partner, uh, uh, Evgeny Taxi King Friedman, business, a longtime business associate, has flipped. He has pled guilty, agreed to cooperate, and he was partners uh, with Cohen. Now the question is, uh, is Cohen going to flip? And uh, at this point, Cohen is saying, oh, no, we're not partners. No, no, didn't happen. So we'll see what happens uh, with that one. That's a big, big story in relation to uh, what the Trump campaign did during the 2016, uh, the campaign uh, before the election. All right. Now, uh, it was uh, uh, the last segment. I was talking about what happened yesterday when Congress approved a plan to roll back Dodd-Frank. Dodd-Frank being uh, the act that was passed uh, in Congress to reform banking, uh, and that was in uh, light of the Great Recession when bankers had unfettered power and ability to loan money to anybody and was just making huge amounts of money. And as a result of that, to a great part of that, the uh, the economy collapsed, the value of property collapsed because the value of property was going up astronomically because it was so easy to buy property that it just kept on going. 20%, sometimes 10% in a month. And so it all came tumbling down. And so Dodd-Frank was passed to heavily regulate banking. I mean, you make it really difficult. And it's uh, certain requirements, uh, certain, uh, we have to have uh, these regulations, uh, such as testing uh, standards of testing for the bank, how solid they are, reserves went up. I mean, just made it a lot more difficult to even loan money. There was a period of time after that. You couldn't even borrow money. The pendulum swing uh, swung so far. And it's gotten a little bit better. But now uh, it's here's what the people who are tr- trying and did get rid of Dodd-Frank. It was just the regulations were too strict. It became too stringent. And banks were actually, there was a stranglehold on banks, which is hilarious because they're making more money now than they've ever have. And they still want to reduce all the regulations. I mean, banks make a fortune. Nope, we want them to make more money. Now, I will grant you that the regulations were pretty onerous, maybe too much. And I don't know uh, because I've never had a, a problem borrowing money. But then again, I put 20% down on my houses. Uh, I've always been able to afford them. So uh, of all the people that were good risks, I was one of them because I live way under my means and I'm just really frugal. Uh, and so I'm, I'm a good risk. But plenty of people are not. And they were able to borrow money like crazy. And then no one could borrow money except people that were in my position. And then and, uh, some of you. And then... Uh, now it's opened up quite a bit, but it's it's a philosophy of business versus consumers. 
and what the philosophy is on this new the new law that the president will sign is let's make it easier for banks to loan money. The regulations will, in fact, decrease, if not be eliminated. You add uh, Dodd-Frank to something called the Sarbanes-Oxley Act, which uh, it was a reporting act in which every public company, anybody that had stock, you had to report to the government in such a way it was a phone book every three months to where there were businesses that would never go public, there were businesses that would never go to Wall Street to borrow money because of the reporting. It made it almost impossible. So there hasn't been a middle ground. It's either you swing all the way to the right or you swing all the way to the left. And that's the way we've run banking. Wow, how unusual. All the way to the right or all the way to the left. Right. The rules are so stringent that it's very difficult to do business. Or the rules are so loose that it becomes a free-for-all. We're moving into the free-for-all. Until uh, we have a president who is going to be a liberal. That's the other thing that we'll get into. Uh, Because the Democratic Party doesn't know where it's going. To give you an example of all the way one way or the other. The Democratic Party doesn't know where it's going. Does it go with moderate Democrats or does it just go all the way? Which is being done uh, in many parts of the country, just out and out Bernie Sanders Democrats, Bernie Sanders Democrats. Ah, uh, just oh, there's so much to talk about, isn't there? There's so much going on, and in the end, what what is the takeaway for all of us? We get screwed either way. That's it. You know, uh, you know, we get screwed no matter what. Hey, welcome to America. All right, coming up, handle on the news late edition right here, KFI AM six forty. <laughs> Handle on the news. Late edition. Handle on the news. Just heard that they broke into the office of one of my personal attorneys. Bill Handle. Good man. And uh, it's a disgraceful situation. And now, here's my personal attorney. Bill Handle. Probably not. I don't know that you'd do any worse than uh, the attorneys he's been hiring. I would actually say no. And you could not do worse? I I would actually, strange, there isn't much I wouldn't do for money. Uh, I would, that one I'd say no. But that would be such a challenge. No, it's toxic. It is absolutely toxic. Now, JT, John Thomas, will tell you that he has many people that have been asked to go to the Trump administration. And they've all turned him, they've all turned uh, the administration down. Because it's just toxic. So anyway. Uh, really quickly, uh, please uh, help the American Red Cross Initiative to get prepared California. It's a $400 donation. You and a guest for that. You and a guest enjoy cocktails and appetizers with all of the KFI hosts and crew. So we're going to hang with you, actually. Uh, unlimited sky slide rides during an exclusive evening at the beautiful OUE Sky Space in downtown L.A. You have to be 21 years or older. 100% of the proceeds benefit the American Red Cross. Get prepared, California. The campaign, limited tickets for details. Log on to KFIAM640.com, and the word is mixer. (sighs) Did that without breathing. Okay. (laughs) Handle on the news, late edition. Jennifer Jones Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me, and it's the lead story. All right, another tweet this morning by the president. Uh, alleging uh, that, well, no, saying that the criminal deep state within the FBI 
and the Department of Justice is pursuing him. And to prove it, that FBI informant was embedded in the presidential campaign. And the president tweeted, look how things have turned around on the criminal deep state. They go after phony collusion with Russia, a made-up scam, and end up getting caught in a major spy scandal, the likes of which this country may never have seen before. What goes around comes around. Okay, so the spy scandal that may, may, that may have not, never been seen before. World War II with all the Germans. Uh, how about the spies uh, that were involved in stealing all of the nuclear uh, weapons secrets that were turned over to the Russians? This is a bigger uh, spy scandal than that. Uh, the spy scandal during the Civil War to kill, oh yeah, Abraham Lincoln. Uh, that is not as big as this. What is he referring to when he says made up scam? Uh, oh, the uh, uh, the the collusion. Well, that he Russia... says collusion. Oh, oh, he's just continuing the thought. Yeah, I yeah. thought he was saying phony collusion. Yeah. Also, oh no, a made up scam. No, no, a uh, made see. up scam. Got uh, that there was any interference by the Russians and anybody in the tra- in the campaign, uh, in fact, colluded with the Russians to interfere with the campaign because uh, the allegation that it was pro-Trump is has to be phony because nothing gets in the way of Trump winning the election by the biggest landslide in the history of the United States. Remember that one? Yes. Right. And there were more people at the inauguration than ever in the history of the United States. Remember that one? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. The FBI apparently has repeatedly inflated stats to Congress about the extent of problems posed, that is, by encrypted cell phones. I am an FBI agent. So the FBI claimed 7,800 devices were investigators were locked out of last year. Apparently that number was a little bit smaller. It was maybe 1,000 or 2,000. When in doubt, inflate. That's all. You just uh, either you lie or, and this is in general, right? Let's, uh, if you have to tell the truth, at least double or triple the number. Go big or go home. Oh, absolutely. Well, uh, there was a bipartisan bill that would have allowed uh, Dreamers to enlist in the military uh, and get a path to citizenship, and it failed because the House Rules Committee blocked a vote on it. Which is a shame because it would have passed. They said they had the votes. They had Republican votes and Democratic votes. But the Rules Committee said, no, we're not even going to let you vote on it. And you wonder, how could they say no? Well, uh, there were obviously the people who were on the Rules Committee that didn't like it, didn't want to do it. And uh, the reasons they gave, they didn't want to open up the debate uh, on the defense bill. They didn't, right, they didn't want to bring the dreamer issue into, into the, the discussion bill. of the defense bill. Right, which is, yeah, please. All right. Oh, and then the story we did on uh, the attorney. Remember this guy? Yes. This is that attorney in the New York uh, sandwich shop, I guess. He right. went in and started screaming about how people weren't, were speaking Spanish and how dare they. Oh, now he's apologizing. Yep. Yeah, man, the backlash was against him. He got evicted from his office space, and then a mariachi band showed up at his apartment, which is hilarious. And started playing so a now, mariachi song. Right now, he has apologized, 
and he respects and appreciates the remarkable diversity New York City offers. So he's gone really? from, you're speaking Spanish, you should get the hell out of here. Why do you do that? How dare you waste my taxpayer money? Exactly. And now he appreciates the diversity. Oh, I believe that. Oh, I totally believe that he believes the diversity is a wonderful thing. Why does anybody, don't you think that that adds insult to injury? Just shut up. Just shut up. Just don't, don't apologize with this ridiculous, transparent attempt to say, now I'm sorry. Oh, come on. You're sorry you got caught. You're sorry that someone videoed it. That's what you're sorry about. All right. It's always, you know, there's always a reason. I'm always thinking, you know, the same thing when anybody is fired, Right. Uh, by mutual consent, they have left the company and we wish them all the success in the future. First of all, it's not mutual consent. Second of all, nobody wishes them, nobody in management wishes them success in the future. They got their asses canned for doing something wrong, usually. And maybe they were just laid off maybe. for fin- you know, yeah, just maybe. financial Whatever. reasons. And- I, I cannot wait for me to get canned. Uh, at some point, I guarantee you, I will issue a press release saying they fired my ass. XOXO Bill. Yeah. Any questions? <laughs> All right. We'll finish it up when uh, we come back. Uh, but first, Jennifer Jones Lee. Handle here in the morning crew. It's Wednesday, and that uh, let's uh, finish up Handle on the News Late Edition with Jennifer Jones Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me. Look, guys, the Santa Fe school shooter, he's the victim. Yeah, crazy, isn't it? That's according to his father, who spoke to a Greek uh, media outlet called Antenna TV. Am I the victim for the crime? He said, somebody probably came and heard it. I don't know what could have happened. I can't say what happened. All I can say is what I suspect as a father. So wait, you know what happened or you don't know what happened? That's why he lashed out. That's an interesting word, lashed out by killing 10 people. That's a hell of a lashing, isn't it? Uh, I mean, there's some scuttlebutt. Maybe he was bullied by a football coach, but it's, there's not really any solid evidence no. of that. It's very distasteful, even, even if he was bullied. It's still very distasteful to characterize him as the victim now. Well, a court in Virginia has decided to side with a transgender student who wanted to use the boys' bathroom. And uh, this was um, in reference to uh, a, a school, a district's policy requiring students to use the bathrooms aligned with their biological gender. So uh, at some point, and this gets very interesting, at some point, uh, transgender crosses the line and becomes more male than female. Case in point, uh, you've got a male that wants to be a, a, a woman who uh, is, is in fact a woman. And now the hormones are being taken and breasts then start growing and the voice changes. Uh, Is that enough? Because you have breasts and you have a penis. So which one is it? As opposed to simply just a matter of practicality. Forget about the morality of it. Just when does someone become the other sex when it comes to that? Uh, And just uh, it just makes sense to go just gender identity. I mean, that just makes sense. And, oh, God, it's horrible. The other kids will be uh, totally disgusted with it. They'll be traumatized. No, they won't. Kids are kids. You explain the situation in school. Hey, here's transgenderness, and here is people that are straight, 
And here is people that are gay and uh, transgender people will be able to use the bathroom. Done. Kids are very resilient when it comes to that sort of thing. So, and, and science is now saying the answer to your question might be in the brain. Yeah, brain. They're saying that when you do an MRI scan uh, of somebody with gender dysphoria, that their brain patterns and structure are of the gender that they identify with, even if they were born, quote, See, I didn't uh, know, in the other gender. I didn't know that there was uh, brain scans that shows there's a difference between male and female. Just oh, the yeah. brain scans themselves. Yes. The brains are different. Yes. The uh, structure and also the patterns of yeah. how the neurons fire. That makes sense yeah. uh, because, uh, you know, now I understand women just have smaller brains. Mm, didn't say they were Handle. smaller. Oh, just different. Oh, my. Anyway, do I, have that, do I have that wrong? You yes. Do. This was out of the University of Liege in Belgium and presented at a big uh, conference there. Oh, well, the debate over whether you can kneel at an NFL game continues. And uh, what about a 15-yard penalty? Get up, stand up. What about throwing uh, throwing someone off the team? I don't know if they want to go Or suspending them for a game or two. When they do that. Well, the NFL owners, they met, and they said, here's this idea that we've got. So it would be up to the home team whether both teams could come out of the locker room for the anthem. And should the teams come out, 15-yard penalties could be assessed if you kneel. Just 15 yards. So here it is. making Using a professional ball, uh, a, a ball team or a venue to make political statements. There you go. As opposed to the NFL saying, "Hey, we don't make political statements. You want to do it, you do it outside of uh, you do it outside of the stadium. You can do that all you want. But while you're in uniform and while you're playing football, is not the time for politics. God forbid that you do that. Well, how about a sign? Vote for. What do you think? Never Trump, or always Trump. How about just a big honking sign as you run out onto the playing field? Obviously, I'm not a big fan of allowing kneeling or making any kind of political or religious statement while you're playing football or any game if you're a professional football team or any team. hmm? Sorry. Big strike uh, coming to Las Vegas could shut down your casino. Yeah. It's about half of the 50,000 workers whose contracts are Elvis impersonators. You know and what? that's part of, that's part of the union. This. Bartenders, guest room attendants, cocktail servers, porters, cooks. It's the culinary union. Right, and, and, uh, and Elvis impersonators. Because <laughs> there's like 15,000 of those. those Elvis impersonators. <laughs> uh, anyway, they voted to authorize a citywide strike. The contract expires at the end of this month. And Caesars, Mandalay Bay, MGM, Stratosphere. Stratosphere? That's still in business? It's hard yeah. to believe. Could yeah. be affected by this. Yep, and so it's... Uh, I, what amazes me is how the hotels aren't caving because this is the unions in Las Vegas. You think anybody, any hotel executive would have his knees broken if he were to say no on this one? Forget about it. Okay, we're done. Coming up, the right to try drugs. This makes so much sense. Why would anybody fight your ability to try a drug that's not been fully tested to save your life as a last resort? Where is the logic in fighting that? Oh, there's plenty. And that I'll share with you when we come back. This is KFI AM 640. And I will always love you. I will always love you. 
Isn't that lovely? Why are we playing that music? I'll tell you what we're doing this week. Uh, it's uh, a new iHeart app, I think. It is. Hold on, though. Wait for it. Okay, now you can get Okay, now I can talk. And that has to do with uh, this week we are playing songs that came from the year that the morning crew graduated. So uh, this year, uh, well, it was 19, what, 83? 93. 93, I'm sorry. You're not that young. Uh, when Jennifer Jones Lee graduated, tomorrow it's going to be the graduation year of John and Alex. And on Friday, it's my uh, graduation uh, year. Yankee Doodle Daddy, Dandy. And, uh, you know, Saints go marching in. We have a couple of really good ones uh, the year that uh, I graduated. Okay. It's going to be fun. It's, and, oh, and on Friday, my commencement speech, my annual commencement speech, in which uh, I give it every year. I'm invited to do it every year by me uh, because no one else actually will invite me. So that's coming up on Friday, the much awaited commencement speech. Alex, do we have a time? Do, do we know what time it is? So we can, uh, I can start promoting it while Let's I'm promoting it now. Eight, no, no, it has to be, oh, no, no, it has to, it, it goes at least two segments. Uh, so eight o'clock. Seven thirty then. Seven thirty. Yeah, let's 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 do seven thirty. Okay, we'll do seven thirty commencement speech. Seven thirty. Fair enough. Uh, that's right after we give away a thousand dollars. Oh wow, we're giving away thousand dollars. Really, handle? All right. Oh, what a shock. All right, now, uh, Congress has just approved a bill giving patients a right to try. It's a right to try bill, and it passed uh, the House by two hundred and fifty to one hundred sixty nine. Uh, was approved unanimously in the Senate. And what it does is allow dying patients to bypass the FDA and obtain an investigational drug with the approval of their doctors, which usually is not a problem, and if the drug manufacturer agrees to supply it. And there actually is some controversy there. I wouldn't think there would be. You're talking about patients who are on their last legs, they're about to die, right? All of the other treatment, uh, they've, they've exhausted all of the other treatment, and there's a, an investigative drug out there or two or three that they're doing testing on that deals with the specific disease that that person has. You go, why not? I'd go for it. Now, uh, the sponsor of the bill, uh, the chief sponsor, Senator Ron Johnson, Republican of Wisconsin, uh, said uh, it provides hope for terminally ill patients who have nowhere else to turn. Fair enough. And then expands the scope of individual liberty. I don't even know what that means. I mean, it's just let's turn around and make it as political as we can. It was opposed by Democrats, lots of them, and dozens of organizations that represent patients including the National Organization for Rare Disorders and the American Cancer Society. And none of their argument make any sense whatsoever. The right to try bill, according to these health groups, this is a letter to the House leaders, could greatly increase the likelihood of our patients being harmed by unsafe and ineffective experimental therapies. Okay, they're dying anyway. They are dying. And if this doesn't work, it's like no harm, no foul. So I am uh, don't understand. 
uh, chairwoman of Friends of Cancer Research, an advocacy group, said, we are deeply saddened. This bill endangers patients and will offer them no value, just false hope. All right, hang on it. It endangers patients when patient is dying. Really? How much more dangerous is the terminal illness where you're going to die in four months than anything you can take? And offers them no value, just false hope. How do you know it's in the testing phase? If it's just false hope, why would they even test the drug? The main lobbies for the drug industry have not taken a position at all on the bill. So here are the rules. A patient is eligible to receive this unapproved drug if there is a life-threatening disease or condition, the patient has exhausted all approved treatment options, is unable to participate in a clinical trial because of various rules. that They, they make it pretty difficult to be in a clinical trial. You have to meet all kinds of, uh, uh, you have all kinds of recommendations uh, from doctors, and there have to be a criteria, and it's not that easy. Sponsor said it could help people with cancer, muscular dystrophy, Lou Gehrig disease, because there are a lot, of, uh, a lot of drugs in the testing phase. Now, nothing in the bill requires pharmaceutical companies to provide the drugs to people, to patients who request them. Because when you talk about experimental drugs, they're given to uh, only doctors who are doing clinical trials. They're not handed out to anybody else, and they're really controlled. And drug makers often turn down requests because they only have a limited supply. And there's an issue as to liability because, of course, the drug companies will get sued if someone dies of the disease they're already dying from because they've supplied the drug. Now, here is the problem is uh, that I can see. This is one one argument that may make sense, sort of, kind of, and that is uh, senior Democrat on the Energy Commerce Committee, uh, Representative uh, Frank uh, Pallone, said that reputable drug companies would not provide the drugs without the blessing of the FDA, but the bill opens the door for a bad actor, some unscrupulous manufacturer, a fly-by-night outfit to promote something like snake oil. Well, they do that anyway. Right? These are drugs that are produced by the manufacturer. They're in the testing phase. And also, he said, well, the bill's definition of a life-threatening disease could be stretched to people who have manageable conditions. Well, anything can be stretched. That's the problem. And you can get a doctor to say anything, but if the drug manufacturers is to supply it, my guess is... That the drug manufacturer supplying a doctor with these drugs for a patient who is not part of the clinical trials, you would think the drug company would put pretty stringent requirements on the doctor to say, I need this drug for this patient, and here are all my notes. Here is what has happened. Here's the diagnosis. Here's everything we've gone through. So... The first phase of the clinical uh, trials uh, would have to be, uh, it would be at to, it would, scientists would need to com- already complete the first phase and uh, before it even becomes available under any circumstances. And phase one assesses the safety and toxicity of a drug with volunteers. That's the other thing. You know, volunteering for a new drug, eh, I don't know. I mean, would I? I would have for Viagra. 
But that's about it. Maybe a hair restorer. Maybe a constipation drug. Oh, okay. There's Alex pounding my computer with uh, the sign. All right, we're going to come back. Uh, If you're listening on police scanners, there is a policy coming up, and it's officially named FEH on you listening on police scanners. And $1,000 we're going to give away after the break. KFI AM 640. When they come for you, bad boys, bad boys, what you going to do? What you going to do when they come for you? Oh yeah! Great music. This is uh, this. These are uh, songs from the year that, in this case, uh, Jennifer Jones Lee graduated high school, 1993. Yeah, 83, 1993. And then uh, tomorrow it's Alex and John their graduation year of the music, and then mine on Friday. And Friday my commencement address at 7:30. Right? Okay. And here's your chance to win some money. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword LUCK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's LUCK to 200-200. If you win, they'll call you from a number you don't recognize. Answer it or you're out of luck. Jake in Little Rock answered it, and he won $1,000. Your next chance to win is next hour. You have a chance to win Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. to 7 p.m. All right, uh, this is out of uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, but this is involves police departments all over the country, and it has to do with police scanners. You can buy a police scanner, 30 bucks. Uh, you can actually put an app on your cell phone, and I don't know how much that is, $4 maybe? That's tied into the police scanning world, and uh, as you probably know, you're hearing dispatch of uh, police being dispatched to various crime scenes. And uh, I think two, uh, you've got two, uh, two suspected uh, burglars at uh, this store down the street or there's an armed man walking along this address. And, of course, the police show up. And uh, people who have scanners and more and more do know exactly what's going on. Paparazzi use this a lot. Because they love the photos. If you can get a dead photo, if you are lucky enough as a paparazzi to get a video of someone actually being shot as they're going down, now that is a photo that a paparazzi would want, right? Well, the police... Oh, first of all, did I not do that? Oh, did we? Okay. uh, All right. Something far more important uh, than any story is uh, your chance to win some money. Uh, we, We did that. We did it. Yeah, we did. Oh, Alex forgot. So we did it. And we don't want to give away another $1,000 until 1020. Okay, now, uh, the uh, police scanner business, all right? And what the police are saying is, here's the problem. People are showing up at our police events, police events being a, uh, a crime in progress, someone being shot, and they're saying, it's just, it's crazy. It makes no sense. You should be encrypted. And when you think about it, that makes all the sense to me. I mean, this uh, we have a right to hear it. It's a it, uh, We're the public, and we have a right to hear uh, whatever's being transmitted in the public airwaves, which is airwaves, which is a crock, uh, a crock as far as I'm concerned. Uh, because, I mean, look at the safety aspect of this. Do we really want people showing up at these events? And then the other issue, and the police make this point, is if you have people who are committing the crime, you've got lookouts, for example, 
you have uh, burglars that are in a store stealing. They'll know exactly how, how much time they have. Uh, for example, uh, uh, the dispatcher will dispatch all the units, and someone will say, we're the closest. We're 12 uh, blocks out. And I, I don't listen to police scanners, so uh, correct me if I'm wrong, if they actually talk about the distance that the police have till showing up or how many units are on the way. But certainly when someone is reported that someone reports that a crime has taken place and the police are on the way. Uh, also, you may have uh, lookouts, uh, not, not just on the ground, depending on how sophisticated the crime is, but uh, being able to tell where the police are. And there are crimes that are sophisticated enough where they have uh, lookouts out there. We're talking about major burglaries, people that are real smart. Are they? Do they happen often? Probably not. But if you extrapolate this, it just makes it easier for that scenario to occur. And the police are saying this is a police issue. This is not a public issue. This is what we do. And for those people, the civil libertarians say the public has a right to know. No, they don't. Now, I, I think we certainly have a right to know uh, what's going on with a, a dash cam or the police body cam, but that's not in real time. That's an investigative issue after whatever incident takes place. The police scanners are in real time. Police are on the way. Armed gunmen, a suspected armed gunman right now in front of a bank. See, there's a big difference there. So it's uh, Knoxville, which is sort of the poster child. This is where it's really growing. And uh, they're they're taking it uh, very, very seriously. And they're just about to ban uh, anybody listening to a, a police scan. They're, gonna, they're going to encrypt them, which makes all the sense in the world. All right, coming up, we're going to switch gears. Dean, excuse me, Dean Sharp, the house whisperer coming up. Now I'm in a whole new world with you. <laughs> KFI AM uh, 640. Bill Handle here and the morning crew. Uh, time for Dean Sharp, the house whisperer. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Dean, who um, is heard 9 to 11 o'clock every single Sunday here on KFI. And this segment of Handle and uh, the house whisperer sponsored by Sunlux. Strangely enough, the official solar company of home on KFI and the Handle home on KFI. We both have a system. For the best value in solar, dial pound 250 and say Sunlux. All right, Dean. Yes, re- sir. Remodeling questions. Okay. Uh, that people ask, unfortunately, after the fact, right? Yes. That is a problem. What is the most important remodeling question that never gets asked, it seems, until it's too late? Is it okay with your wife? Negative. No, no. No, it's not okay with her. How much does it cost? You know what? That's the first question that everybody asks. (laughs) Always the first question. No, you know, it's how will I light this? Seriously? Seriously. Who thinks about that? No one. No one. And they should. And you know why? Because architecture, it's light. That's all it is. I say this all the time. If we were mole people, human architecture, we'd still have architecture, but it would be completely different. We wouldn't worry about the color on the wall and the texture over there. Light is everything when it comes to building 
stuff that pleases us. And yet, the sun is only up half the day. I don't know if you've noticed. I have noticed. So when the sun goes down, we have to light it ourselves. That's and correct. lighting plans, lighting design, just, I mean, I, I, I am pulling teeth most of the time just to get people in the mainstream to even think about normal design, let alone lighting design. So you're talking about hiring a professional lighting designer. Yes, or a designer. Yes, a, specifically a lighting designer or seeking professional design advice or a designer like myself with experience in lighting. Lighting has to be, if you want the most return out of that remodel money that you're spending, lighting has to be part of the intensive design process. It just has to be. And I, I will second that because, as you know, uh, Marjorie and I, mainly Marjorie, built the Persian Palace. And one, uh, and you've been to our house, Dean. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest mistakes we made is that we did not have a professional lighting designer. And it's not as if we couldn't have afforded one because, I mean, the cost is a fraction. You're not talking about a lot of money at all. It never occurred to us to bring in a professional lighting designer. You think professional lighting designers are the folks that come in for massive commercial projects. Right. Uh, not individual homes or remodels. Exactly right. And that's not the case. It's not the case. Lighting design is affordable. I would go so far as to say lighting design is is uh, is inexpendable. You've got to do it if you want to maximize the effect of what it is. All of these tens of thousands of dollars that you're spending on your remodel. You want to light it well. Otherwise, what's the point? What's the point? And today, with the choice of lighting, and we've talked about it. We, Endless. I've, I've gone into Endless your office, choices. and you've come up with uh, gizmos and gadgets and different kinds of light that you brought in and go, wow, I right. didn't even know that existed. Exactly. So, first question, who is not necessarily the right person to get expert lighting design advice from? My wife. Uh, well, okay. Okay. But me. The people that you typically, that most people typically turn to. Your electrician. Your electrician is not likely the person to get expert lighting advice from. Now, they are the people to wire the lights. And I'm not saying that there are no electricians out there without but they don't a, think a design a, sensibility. But they don't think That's that way. That's not their job description. Right. All right? So if you find an electrician who is actually an expert lighting designer, then he is or she is two things. Not one. Two things. Because to be an electrician no electrician trains in lighting design, just in connecting the wires and making the system work right, okay? Second question, what are te- Dean's two biggest issues with how most homes are lit? What do you think that is? Other than not designed, okay? I, I don't know. I wouldn't guess. Too many recessed cans. Oh, yeah, I have a lot. We have of, gone have, yeah. recessed can crazy. Yeah, I'm guilty of that. Not enough lighting scenes guilty okay now if you if you're not even sure what i mean by lighting scenes it proves my point a lighting scene is imagine in in a theater a lighting scene we set a certain scene a certain scene has a certain ambiance to it whether it's utilitarian whether it's uh, oh this is how the lights are going to be set when we watch movies in the family room or this is how the lights are going to be set in the kitchen when no one is in it at night those kinds of of things. Those are what we call scenes. And nowadays, 
The key to lighting is really layers, layers and layers and layers of options. So people don't put in enough dimmers. They don't put in enough lighting circuits. There aren't enough lighting switches to control individual uh, elements of light. And so that all adds up in the end to the ability to create lighting scenes. Those are the two things that bug so me the most. You're, you're talking about a fairly complicated subject. Not only is it a question of the design itself, what what kind of feeling you want, you know, romantic, for example, in the theater, uh, depressing. If you're suicidal, you put the lighting in that actually accentuates your suicidal tendencies. Uh, happy, well-lit, sort of dim. But it's a question not of only uh, understanding it, but the equipment, how much is out there. That's a world in and of itself, isn't it? It is. It's a complete world, and it's constantly evolving and changing, especially now at a, at a pace that's, that's mind-boggling to keep up with, which is why even as a designer myself – I turned to experts. The whole reason I wanted to talk to you about this today, because it was on my mind from last week, I went down to Newport Beach and saw my friend Melvin Kahn down there, who's the president and CEO of uh, Light Styles. He is an extraordinarily passionate person about light design. And so he and I were just nerding out. We were just nerding out over this subject. And it's so absolutely necessary. All right, we're going to come back and uh, finish this up about uh, lighting. And it's that important in uh, your home. And we're not talking about, in many cases, a lot of money either. No. This is not tens Forethought. of thousands. Forethought. Okay. We'll be uh, back. Uh, first, Jennifer Jones-Lee. You're up, my dear. Two guys who are- Stay up by handle here on a Wednesday morning as we finish the show. And uh, I'm going to ask you to help the American Crest uh, Red Cross Initiative to get prepared. California It's the earthquake preparedness. Uh, donate to uh, the American Red Cross for your $400 donation. You and a guest can enjoy cocktails and appetizers with all the KFI hosts and crew. And we're as excited about uh, meeting you as you are us. Probably more excited about meeting you, frankly. Uh, and uh, it's going to be up at the Sky Space, the OUE Sky Space uh, building in downtown L.A. Unlimited Sky Slide rides during uh, this exclusive evening. 21 years or older to attend 100% of the proceeds benefit the American Red Cross Get Prepared California campaign. Limited tickets for details along to KFIAM640.com. The search is, search word is Mixer. And I'm assuming, Dean, you're going to be there? Oh, yeah. With your lovely wife, Tina? Yes, sir. Okay. Excellent. Now, uh, let's go ahead and finish up our topic about lighting and how critical lighting is. And it's one of those few topics where you you spend very little money to do a lot. Yes. You know, cabinets, countertops, bathrooms, redoing those is serious money. It really is. This is not. Adding a couple more light circuits when you're already putting one in, not a big deal. But the forethought is so critical. So let's just kind of exploit for a, a few minutes the general ignorance out there about lighting. So let me ask you this question. You know, recess can lights. Yeah, I have recess lots of can them. lights. They come in two parts, basically. There's the 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 housing which goes up in the, the ceiling itself, and then there's the trim, what we call the baffle. What should be should be the best selling recessed light trim color? The baffle itself, black, white, oh, that's interesting. chrome. Or something else. What yeah. should be well, it's, the I, best seller? Well, you would think it'd be to match the ceiling color so it dis, so the baffle disappears and all you see is light coming down. So I would think 
uh, sort of an egg white because uh, like a shell white because that seems to be the universal color of ceilings of kitchens and rooms. That's true. That is the that that is the most common color. But here's the thing: white is the biggest selling recessed baffle color, but it's not what should be. And I'll tell you why. Please, glare, glare is the enemy of a beautiful recessed can lighting job. And the problem with white. White looks fantastic during the day when the can lights aren't on because you look up to the ceiling and it's just white on white on white and you don't pick up the sense that there are these big holes in the ceiling all over the place. It doesn't distract you. But at night, when those lights are actually in use, white baffles create the greatest amount of glare. And what I mean by glare is that when you actually look up, it's like looking at these lights here in the studio – you're actually seeing an intense amount of light right at the can source itself. And the key with lighting, unless it's a fixture that you are wanting to look at, like a chandelier, the rest of lighting, all other lighting, we should see the effects of the light, but not the source of the light itself. Right, so, so glare is awful with white baffles. Now even, you would think, even a matte color? Yeah. So you would think, okay, let's go to the opposite end of the spectrum. Black. Right. Black is absolutely the best uh, baffle to eliminate glare. The reason we make black baffles is so that there's no glare, which is great at night. But not during the day. But But, during the day, you've got black holes all over your ceiling. So guess what the best one should be? I have no gray. Well, you're very close. It's what we call haze. It's metallic. It's kind of grayish it almost looks like a brushed nickel it's got scratches kind of like a a like a brushed stainless steel but it's not shiny is it it's not shiny at night haze a haze baffle which by the way i'm sorry to say you're not going to buy these off the shelf at places like home depot and lowe's and therein lies the issue that's why you need a designer to help you source these right a haze baffle at night way 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 less glare than white during the day, much, much lighter blends into the ceiling way better than black. So a, a haze baffle essentially straddles the fence and is the best of all worlds. It should be. And I'm not saying there aren't uses for white baffles or black baffles. There are. But haze should be the best, uh, the best-selling recessed baffle. But it's not. Why? Because people don't think about it, and they haven't been taught to think in those terms. Um what else have I got here? Oh, dimensional tile. You know what dimensional tile is? Dimensional tile is is uh, yeah. is three di- a tile that has a, a heavy texture on it. Three dimensional tile. It's huge right now. It's going into every bathroom remodel, a lot of kitchens, and so on. Dimensional tile. What is the best angle to light that very expensive dimensional tile feature wall that you just put in? I would think. Your house? Well, I would think wall lighting. Wall lighting meaning meaning uh, that it hits it at an angle. Okay, an angle, but what is the best angle? Oh, 32.9%. Oh, come on. Okay, so here's the thing. Or Most degrees. people think, oh, we're going to put in a wall washer, another recessed can light right. with maybe an angled eyeball right. pointing down. If it's close enough, that may help. But typically a wall washer like that will just flood it out because the key of looking at dimensional tile at night, you need shadows for those textures to appear. Strafing, strafing that tile, meaning... Putting the light source as directly 
above that tile as close oh, okay. to it as you can, straight down, so you get those harsh shadow lines and all the dimension. All right, stuff that I never even think about. That's, exactly. No, it's great stuff. That's why I like you so much uh, on That's the show. That's why and I, I exist. I, I get that, and I you're one of the few shows I uh, listen to. Actually, the other show I listen to is Gary and Shannon. What a segue that is. That I Is, is that sycophant, sycophantic Swish. enough? That was really nice. Yeah, it was. That was the nicest thing you've ever said to me. Yeah, do you believe it? Yeah, I okay, do. good for you. I do. All right. How could you not listen? I uh, know. I get that. I get that. All right, Shannon. Uh, all right. The NFL has decided what to do with those national anthem protests. We'll be talking about what that decision is. It is a crowded field for a job to do nothing in the state of California. Why do we still have a lieutenant governor? I don't know. It's so pointless i yes. mean even when gavin newsom was lieutenant governor he says i don't have a job i don't have anything to do that's true. well now we've got a bunch of people running for lieutenant governor throwing a bunch of money in the race because all it does is it gives you name recognition that's it there it is it's just such crap handle well unless you are looking for statewide office and you need and you have no chance of winning this time around but isn't it embarrassing that we have a statewide job elected title like this where you virtually do nothing california yeah that's not embarrassing. Those are the rules of California. I know, and that's embarrassing. The embarrassments just pile up. A big strike in Vegas. Also, Dr. Wendy joins us in the 1 o'clock hour. We're going to be talking about kicking your adult children out of the house. Oh, and there's a great story, a Supreme Court case on that. I don't know if you've seen that. We're having that kid on our show today. Oh, that is fantastic. Yeah, he went to court. His parents took him to court to try and get him out of the house at 30 years yeah. old. Interesting story, incidentally. This is not just your normal eviction story. There's a world to this. Uh, and that's at uh, what time? 1220. Oh, yeah, you don't want to miss that. All right. Shannon and uh, Gary and Shannon. Shannon and Gary coming up. And tomorrow you have the boo- uh, the uh, yes, news and brews. And or brews, brews and news. Bravery Brewing and Lancaster come join us. It's going to be a lot of fun. They're going to have food trick- trucks, great beer, and uh, just fun times. All right, guys. Uh, Dean, Sunday, you're going to do lighting on the show. Let's see. We're going to be doing uh, trim, wood carpentry trim Ooh. on Sunday. Got it. And uh, that. And tomorrow, uh, I'll be here again. Same time, same station. Coming up, Gary and Shannon. Uh, Shannon, have a good show. Thank you, sir. This is KFI AM 640.